Today's episode is brought to you by MyBookie. For all your betting needs this season, check out MyBookie. Use promo code ZABE, Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo, and they will double your first deposit. You play, you win, and you get paid. Today on the ZABEcast, it was a retirement so out of the blue it stunned everybody around the NFL. Is Andrew Luck a noble warrior who finally said, you know what, there's more to life? Or is he a quitter? Careful, hot takes are coming. Rory wins the FedEx. NBC is flirting with a new camera angle. And it was spy versus spy weekend in baseball. Your bonus 40 minutes of gloriously uncensored me is locked and loaded. So buckle up and let's go. Monday, August 26, 2019. Thank you for downloading and thank you, Lord Football, for returning to our lives. Miami and Florida engaging in quite a battle on Saturday, week zero in the college football landscape. And there's already a controversy on college game, game day thanks to Desmond Howard. We'll get to that in just a bit. So that said, here we are on a Monday, August 26th, and no, I do not have the final entries tallied up for the Whiskey League. Oh, what's the Whiskey League, Zabe? (laughs) You don't know? You're not a subscriber to Fridays? (laughs) I'm just going to leave it at that. I'm not going to say a word more. I hope to have that nailed down by about Wednesday. I have more than enough entries, and they're all good entries. Uh, Everyone's worthy. It will likely come down to a first come, whoever got their emails into me first will likely get the nod. My regular fantasy league, my quote unquote regular fantasy league with the team 980 in DC, I have not set a date yet on, um, a draft date. This coming weekend is Labor Day weekend. I'm not going anywhere. I don't know if I'm working in the afternoon. I know I'll be doing a live show Monday morning. Because uh, in Milwaukee, because the Packers play three days from then. So, oh yeah, we're doing a show. And I'm happy to do so. So I don't know if we do Monday, Labor Day, Sunday, are people away? How many people do I try to cater to? Do I just say, here's the time? You know, there are some people that want to do a 11 a.m. draft. Solly, Scott sort of was leaning that way, although Scott is more flexible. I don't know. I just feel like a a fantasy draft should be a fun night out with the boys. I don't want to do an 11 a.m. draft. I just, no, that's not fun to me. Even by saying, well, it'll be college football Saturday. Be pretty good. Yeah, I suppose. I don't know. I don't know what I want with this league. I've, I've flirted with the idea of just saying I'm not doing it this year, but I can already sense if I say that, people are going to be pissed. So I don't want to let people down. I have a problem with letting people down. I I don't take it well. I try to please people, sometimes too much so. Speaking of pleasing people, it pleased me greatly. Before we get into the Andrew Luck story, get to the big story already. Uh, It was great that I had over some 15 or 16 of the 22-odd people, wonderful people that went on the Africa Safari with me and Ronnie Mervis last winter to three different countries, all kinds of experiences, a 12-day trip of a lifetime. It was fantastic. We had a bit of a reunion picnic, barbecue, whatnot. 
and it was great seeing everybody. It really was. Everyone had such a good time that the two o'clock arrival way out at my house in parts unknown in the western edge of the DMV exo market that uh, by the time everyone got out there, they were all like, this is beautiful. Wow, this is incredible. And I'm like, thank you. Thank you. That's why I moved out here. We love the country life. Um, they loved it so much. They had so much fun. Five o'clock turned into six o'clock, turned into seven o'clock. All of a sudden it's eight o'clock and it's like, hey, now. My wife and I realized suddenly that of the 15 or 16 or so people, even though we consider them our peers, I'd say half of them are a touch older. So their kids are grown and through college and and out of the house and on their own, which is great. A couple of the couples had kids that were in college, unlike us, where we still have kids in the house. And then there's a couple couples that don't have kids at all. And there is nothing wrong with that. So I didn't mind. I told them, stay till midnight. What do I care? And then I quickly realized, oh, shit, I got to work tomorrow and I got to record a podcast and I don't have a guest lined up today. Oh, yeah, I forgot to tell you that. It's just me today. You're going to leave because it's just me? Fine, leave. Get out. I don't need you. Get out. But how can I kick out podcast listeners and podcast subscribers like the great Neil Vaught, who couldn't have been nicer and said, I love the show, love the podcast, listen to it every day. The great Andrew Hotchkeys, for all the way from Tulsa with his lovely photography nerd, that's a compliment, wife, uh, who has a Sony A7R3 camera that is my envy. Hey, uh, didn't you have one of those and didn't you return it to B&H Photo? Yes, I did. <laughs> but still, I uh, I like her camera. It's great. And uh these people were so nice uh, on the trip. We had such a good time. The group bonded really well. It was great to have a reunion. And I am not going to kick out of my house one minute any earlier. Uh, a couple, uh, Andrew and Michelle Hotchkeys, who traveled all the way from Tulsa, not just for this party, but they combined it with another trip to D.C. Not going to do it. Uh, Neil and his uh, lovely wife, Carol, who drove all the way up from Charlotte on Sunday after going down there for a weekend, and then got showered off from the car, and then came all the way another hour-plus west to come see us. Not going to kick them out of the house early. No, sir. And, of course, the great Ronnie Mervis with his insanely lovely and wonderful wife, Marcel, who every time I see her, I think, Ronnie, you hit the lottery, brother. Brother, (laughs) you are the man. So, yeah, we played some slides, some pictures of elephants and lions and whatnot. And I I put together a little video with my music under it because I'm a nerd and that's what I do. That's what I like to do. And I think I'm getting pretty good at it. There were some really good sequences I had uh, that I didn't realize I had from the trip. I was like, oh, shit, that's right. We have this. I forgot when this happened or that happened, including when one of our guys, Bob, on the trip dropped his sunglasses almost on top of a lion. Yeah, that's right. The lion was crouching behind our truck to get ready to ambush, 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 ambush some some uh, giraffes, and were there all quiet and still and leaning over, and he, <laughs> he dropped his sunglasses almost on the damn lion. That would have been bad. 
So we had people talking about that, laughing about that afterwards. Good time. The crew stayed late. I was happy they stayed late. I love it. We don't get guests out here in these parts nearly uh, often enough. Oh, and that's right. The Dill Savers, Michael and Francis Dill Saver, such huge Redskin fans. They are insane Redskin fans. They rolled out and rolled up in their Redskin Burgundy car. It's a it's a former cop car, so it's like uh, oh, whatever Oldsmobile Buick. For, no, it's a it's a Ford. I don't know what it is. It's a Ford sedan, cop car. They had repainted, cheap Mako paint job. They put the stickers all over it. Redskins Mobile. I've got a video. I'll put it up on Twitter of me doing donuts in my own lawn with the Redskins mobile, screaming hail to the Redskins out the window. Good times. Okay, enough filibustering. Yeah, eight minutes and 37 seconds. Andrew Luck retires. Wow. (laughs) Wow. This is one of those refresh your browser six times to make sure you are not getting swerved, served, duped, or flim-flammed. And no, it was true. Somebody said that apparently ESPN.com crashed when the news broke. I don't know if that's true. I'm not sure what the definition of crashed is, but I wouldn't be surprised. A sudden surge of traffic way out of the ordinary. What are you talking retire? Nobody does this. That's the thing. Nobody does this. In an age of the endless quarterback, where it's harder and harder to even touch these guys, you would think that, yeah, Andrew Luck's got some weird ankle thing going on right now that, you know, maybe it'll it'll linger for a month and maybe he'll miss that time, but it'll be fine. It's just an ankle, right? Who retires over a fucking ankle? Andrew Luck, apparently. So I immediately thought of two things after Andrew Luck retired. Well, three things. I thought of two things, then three, and then six, seven, eight, nine different things came flooding in after that. I'll try to deal with all the things I thought about immediately. First thing I thought of was, okay, is there anything else to this? Like, is it possible that flip phone Andrew Luck has a dark side to him, and there's some huge scandal somehow, some way that is causing him to, quote, retire. Don't know. I don't think it is. Doesn't appear that way. It's just he's sick of fucking rehabbing. And, you know, he's Andrew Luck. His dad is rich. He's rich. With a flip phone, you know he hadn't spent any of that money. He's married. Smart. Enough. I've had it. So that was my first thing. Is there anything more to this? The second thing I thought of was, huh, aside from, you know, Schefter having it five minutes before he was going to say so himself, guess what? None of these insiders had it. I'm going to go back to this and keep on harping on it until my face is blue because I'm right. Don't try to at me. Don't come at me and say, well, you're, you're not... You're not giving him credit because they report things. Here's what I'm going to say again. All these insiders, all these pundits, everyone from Ian Rappaport to Shifty Schefter 
to now Ed Werder, who's back in the saddle with ESPN, to Jay Glazer, to Jason Lockhan Fora, all to Michael Silver, all of these guys, to Peter King, all these guys, they make they make their living being information men in the NFL. Nobody had it. Nobody had it. And if they did have it, did have it, and they sat on it, going, "Well, we knew he was thinking about it, but we weren't sure." Fuck you. Either you got it or you don't got it. Nobody had it. So what good really are the insiders that are supposedly giving us the latest inside news on what's really happening in the NFL, the show about quarterbacks that we love so much when none of them came close to having this one? Okay. End of sermon. Let's eat. Before the game was over and as luck was walking off the field, there was a audible contingent of fans who booed Andrew Luck. Well, well, well. This is going to be a broad brush that paints all Colt fans and to a larger extent indie fans. It's unfair. That said, guess what? Indy, you're going to wear this one. You're going to wear this one as a city, not because it's fair, but because this is how sports works. Andrew Luck, a guy who gave you as many great seasons as his body would allow, with an offensive line that would be generously characterized as, let's call it shit on a stick. This is a guy who took beating after beating after beating beating and kept getting up and rehabbing and getting up and rehabbing and fighting his way through a ton of issues. Yeah, I know as a shock Colt fans, he's retiring. He's walking off that field for the last time ever. You're going to boo him? Really? Wow. That takes something else. And don't just say, well, there's only a handful of people. If only a handful of people had booed Andrew Luck, then guess what? They, uh, you would not have been able to hear him. What sparse crowd was there at that preseason game should have done, and I'm not sure any fan base would have done it, but what would have been proper is to rise up in appreciation that a swell of applause and a chant of, uh, what would the chant be? Love you, Andrew. Clap, clap. We love and. Suck for luck again. <laughs> that they should have they should have given him a hero's send-off. Instead, they booed him. And by they, I mean enough people to hear it audibly. Indy, you're gonna wear this one. You're gonna wear it for, if not forever, for a long ass time. So now we'll get to the next phase of this, and it's gonna take 24 hours of the news cycle, which it's we're coming up on now as I record this on Sunday night. And the next phase is going to inevitably be a supposedly high-minded discussion of, well, should he have not retired at the last minute like this? Should he have done it a different time or a different way or maybe set it in a different... There's going to be that cycle, and there are going to be strong takes, hot takes as a matter of fact, that insist he should have. It's all bullshit. It's his life, it's his career, it's his decision. And if you want to bellyache about the Colts let him off the hook easy financially, go ahead. 
Bring it up with the pill popper in chief who owns the team, Mr. Rare Guitar Collector, the space cadet himself, the kid of the dad who bought the team and had the balls to rip him out of Baltimore for a better situation. That guy, the lifer, the guy who's been in the NFL for life. Go bring it up with him if you don't like the fact that your team gave him too much money and that that might have eased the thought of retirement. There's going to be some people that say, well, if the Colts had told him, hey, buddy, you retire, we'll wish you well, but guess what? We're clawing back every penny we can legally under the CBA. And guess what? We are, we're not going to cut you any breaks because we're running a business here. Sorry. Sorry, not sorry. You still got paid a lot of money, but that's great. But guess what? Nook, nook. Some people will say the team should have done that. And some people will say on top of that, that had the team done it, it might have made him go, hmm, I don't know. That's a lot of money to give up. Let's see if I can't go to the ankle dock one more time. Maybe do some light jogging, perhaps. I don't believe that's the case. I believe that when a man has made up his mind to retire, he's going to retire. In fact, I think one ex-NFL player once said to me and Andy on the radio, I think it was Irving Fryer, former Patriot and briefly a Redskin at the end of his career. Irving Fryer, I think, once said, and I'll confirm this with Andy tomorrow when he's on. He said, once you, once you even start to think about retiring in the NFL, guess what? You're retired. So there will be, mark my words, in this next 24 hour of the news cycle of this Andrew Luck story, blowback, pushback, and second wave stories about did he do it the right way? Did he leave him in the lurch? Should he have handled it differently? Should it have come at a time not at the end of the game? Is he responsible for getting booed off the field? Trust me. These things are coming. I know the whole, hey, you should have done it this way thing from a personal experience in my life in the last, oh, let's say, year. You should have done this instead. We don't necessarily object to your right to do it. It's just you didn't do it the right way. Those are the right way people. The right way people are those that aren't going through a situation themselves who think that they have the sky, the style guide and the manners book on exactly how you should handle all kinds of situations in life. And then there are also the people that believe that, well, just because you maybe not didn't handle it the way that you should have or that they would have, that then it's okay to carry like, okay, that's it, dead to me. Indianapolis, your homework assignment is clear. Find a way to show some goddamn appreciation for Andrew Luck. Because he was the best thing you had for the last eight years. And he may be the best thing you're going to have for the next eight. We'll see about Jacoby Brissett. And we'll see if we're going to engage in suck for luck part deux coming up as there's a thick, rich vein. Oh, that sounded weird. There is a bunch of good young quarterbacks, prospects. We don't know if they're good. We know they're good prospects coming out of the draft in the next two years. Oh, the new season is here, huh, kids? Antonio Brown is a Raider. They finally got him a helmet. Le'Veon Bell with the Jets. Odell Beckham Jr. is a Brown in Cleveland. I mean, there's hype galore. Who's excited? You're excited. I'm excited. And we're going to bet on these games. I know where I'm putting my money down. My bookie. 
the place to bet on football every weekend. MyBookie has better bonuses and more prop bets than any other sports book, period. This year, they're hosting the first online handicapping super contest. First place is guaranteed to win at least $100,000, and it only costs 100 bucks to enter. All you got to do is pick five games in the NFL against the spread every week to climb the leaderboard and score your share of the huge cash prize pool. My bookie is simple. You bet, you win, they pay. Now you got to be aware there are, you know, certain limitations in terms of the bonus money that you get when you sign up, but just make sure you're aware of those before you dive on in. They're all spelled out on the mybookie.com website. They've got player perks, the best in the business, and for fantasy guys out there, you can even bet the over under on how many fantasy points a player will score each game. Up to $1,000 first deposit bonus. You can double it. That's right. Your first deposit, you can double it up to $1,000. Use promo code ZABE to activate the offer. Go to MyBookie online today. That's MyBookie, M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E, for those of you who cannot spell. And don't forget to use promo code ZABE, Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo. Remember, when creating your account to claim the bonus, and you're off and running. Bet, win, get paid. It's that simple with MyBookie. Moving right along to some other stuff, because you don't want to hear me prattle on about my barbecue and or just Andrew Luckall podcast, do you? Looks like the Antonio Brown helmet situation was exactly what I said offhandedly. I thought it might just be a work. For those who don't know the term, it's a wrestling term, a work, which is to engineer or orchestrate something that looks like it's real, like it's real tension, only for the purposes of getting over or advancing a storyline and, you know, selling it. It's pro wrestling. It's fake. Apparently, Antonio Brown now has a helmet, new helmet, approved helmet that he likes that is going to be a new helmet made by a new manufacturer that will include endorsement money. (laughs) Of course. Of course there's endorsement money. Why wouldn't there be, right? On top of that, there's huge notoriety for this helmet now because he made such a stink. He got to miss a huge, huge chunk of uh, training camp. I'd say all things considered, hashtag winning if you're Antonio Brown. And me, hashtag losing because I actually kind of bought into it. I kind of bought into the whole, oh my God, what a circus. They ought to think about getting out of the Antonio Brown business. You know, they should be more mad about him. They don't give a shit. They know this is the deal. They know he's going to be as good as he's going to be for the most part from week one anyway, I think. There's only so much he's going to really learn timing-wise with Derek Carr. I assume Antonio Brown is a very high-intelligence football player, no matter what you think about him off the field, and that he's going to know the playbook, know the route tree, and he's going to do what he's always done. Maybe. Or maybe not. But it looks like the helmet thing was a masterful work from the get-go. Hey, here's what I'll do. I will complain about my helmet. I'll make a huge stink. I'll petition the league. I'll know that I'm going to lose. I don't care. I'm going to drag it out. One week, two weeks, three weeks, whatever it takes. Then a new helmet manufacturer is going to go, why, Antonio, we've got just the helmet for you. And they'll say, hmm, I like it. This thing feels great. This thing feels like a helmet that's so good I could be walking underneath the balcony of a 14th floor NFL player and get hit by a potted plant and not feel 
No? Too soon? Okay. Elsewhere in the NFL this weekend, I saw where Lamar Miller bit it, blew out his knee or injured his knee. I don't know about blowing out for the Houston Texans. Good. It's fucking stupid. He's a veteran running back. He knows how to football. He's not going to forget how to football. There is no measurable and researched, definable advantage you get by playing a guy who knows how to football, running back, two weeks prior to the start of the season. No one has ever said, you know, we went back and looked at the number of running backs who got no work in August, and we charted their first let's say 15 carries in week one and their yards per average yards per carry average was down a yard and a half versus those who did play in August and that yard and a half drop over the first 15 carries. Cause remember carries in week one above 15, let's say 15 to 25. Nobody carries it that much anymore. Uh, you're right. Uh, those above 15 to 25 would mean, well, there's no difference with those carries because your preseason reps would have just been consumed in the week one game that actually counted. If you show me, well, somebody did a study that te- that running backs who don't work out or don't play in August have a y- one and a half or uh, a measurable decrease in, in some key metric, stat, yards per carry, whatever you want to use. And if you can then say that translated into a win probability uh, deficiency in week one, notice how all these stats and numbers are getting my brain unlock. I, unlo- un- yeah, I know, me too. If you were to say, look, um, this this leads to maybe not winning a game. It, it hurts you by 2.1%. Show me that. Show me the work on this. Because otherwise I wouldn't play guys like Lamar Miller. In the preseason, you're starting running back, a veteran guy. Why? What 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 are you going to gain from this? We saw Darius Geis go down last year. We saw, of course, he was a rookie, so maybe there's an argument there, but not Miller. We saw Jordy Nelson go out for the year. Edelman, same thing. Was Edelman preseason or regular season? Can't remember. Either way, I just wouldn't do it, and yet teams do. Go figure. Brooks Kepka melted down on Sunday at the Tour Championship and loses to Rory McIlroy, a guy who is every bit as buff and as good a shape as Kepka. He just doesn't really, you know, brag about it so much. He doesn't really just style so much about it. He's not all into it. He's not doing these Instagram shoots buck-ass naked. He's not an exhibitionist like Brooks Kepka apparently is. I like Kepka still. I'll grant you that, but I love... I love Rory. I mean, I am I am a full Rory stan. I love that fair-haired Irish lad. He is his swing to me is my favorite swing on tour. I know it is sometimes a high-speed sports car that the timing has to be just right for him to win. I love how quick he plays. I love his demeanor. I love that he doesn't take himself or things too seriously. He hardly ever gets into spats with the media. Just seemingly a nice, nice kid who's now a grown-ass man. I love that, Rory. Good guy. Now, he's won three times this year on tour, including the FedEx 
championship. And he won the Players' Championship, which is not a major, even though they want you to believe it's a major. Brooks Kepka won three times this year, including a major, the PGA. Came close in the U.S. Open. Came close-ish in the British. And came really, really close in the Masters. Who's your player of the year? I'm not going to say Rory. It shouldn't be Rory. It should be Kepka. But look, if you're going to make the FedEx Cup and the uh, Tour Championship a big deal, then you should probably put some weight to it. The Apparently the writers write, you know, the writers vote on the player of the year award for what it's worth. And so the, the consensus seems to be, at least from my Twitter timeline, that yeah, no, that's not going to happen. The other big story from the golf this weekend was the lightning strike. Holy shit. That injured six people on Saturday in suspended play. A very good, clean, non-vertical piece of video shook free of the strike itself with the audio, and you could slow it down frame by frame and see the tree that got hit by lightning in an instant blaze of flame. Wow. Now, I know that that is what lightning looks like, and I know what it can do. It's a miracle that more people weren't hurt or possibly killed. I don't understand exactly how that works in terms of how far does every lightning bolt radiate through the ground? Does it depend on moisture, thickness of the ground? Does sandy soil promote more conductivity than clay soil? How does that work exactly? Is it a 30-foot radius in which it electrifies the ground? Is it a 10-foot radius? I don't know. I don't ever want to be close enough to experience it. But it goes to show you that even when it's not necessarily pouring out, lightning can come from anywhere. Now, I know that when I you know, was younger, teenager, they would always say, hey, there's lightning. Here's what you do. You don't get under a tree because that's dangerous. And you especially don't get under a isolated tree. You go find, I kid you not, this is what they told us to do in a, in a lightning storm. If we can't take proper shelter uh, as a golfer, you should go find a low-lying area in the open and lie down. <laughs> so you're telling me it's a thunderstorm, summer, pouring rain. I'm going to be under a stand of trees going, hey, uh, it's kind of dry down here. It's not terrible. I'm supposed to go. Now I'm going to run out here to the middle of the fairway. I see that ditch where there's water running through it. I'm going to lay down. Maybe even get hypothermia from laying in the watery ditch until the storm passes. Can't be more than 15 or 20 seconds. And yeah, if there's lightning all around me, I'm going to not get scared as shit lying down in the middle of the fairway in a low-lying ditch. Right. I wonder if they've done scientific studies as to whether or not lone trees attract a higher percentage of lightning strikes. Yeah, why don't you work on that with the whole preseason running back thing, idiot. All right, I'm overusing that guy's voice. Speaking of that, my voice, how is it? It's okay. It's not great. It's overused. No question. I'm not going to deny that. Three hours in the morning on 97.3 The Game out of Milwaukee. Three hours in the afternoon on the Team 980. 45 minutes, five days a week on the Zabecast. 
two hours on the weekend doing the Capital Golf Gang. We had our last show of the year. This Sunday it was great. Maybe our best show of the year. Do I have it on podcast? No, but I could hunt it down and repurpose it here on the Zabecast. I need to rest it. I need to probably operate at a lower volume. I need to drive it less hard. I need to stop yelling at social functions, which I find it hard to do. I probably should need to go see a doctor, but I don't know. What's the doctor going to say? Uh, yeah, you need to rest and uh, drink fluids. Okay, check. I'm doing both of that as best I can. <laughs> and by fluids, I should be drinking more water, not just fluids, because I would bet that the uh, acidic uh, and carbonated Diet Cokes that I guzzle, that ain't good for the throat. Ooh, can't be good. Not as good as nice, cool, clean water, right? So I'll do my best to load manage myself going forward. NBC rolled out a new camera angle on Sunday Night Football between the Titans and the Steelers, the so-called high skyline view or something like that. I was okay with it, but then again, I didn't watch much of the game. Hard for me to think that I would like it if I watched a full 60 minutes of, you know, full full 60 minute game with that angle. That said, I was led to believe back in, oh, 1990, when Sports Illustrated had a cover story about, here's the future of sports television. And it said, you'll be able to pick your camera angles. You'll be able to call for your own replays. Guess what? Either we were lied to in 1990 with that SI cover, or we're still not there yet for some other for some reason. The closest we have to truly getting to pick our camera angle with the toggle of a button as if we were watching a game of Madden being played by our nephews on our TV is to tune in to an alternate feed in one of these multicast games that has a different angle. But even now, they don't give you so much of a different angle for the whole game. They just give you different extra commentators or coaches room. And don't get me wrong, I like those. They're fun to have. But the whole pick your own angle for the game, it's it's one of the great letdowns that we've had in sports, without question. I like actually the high end zone look, sort of the all 22 film look for an actual game. I would go with that. That said, I understand how networks work. Networks don't cater to the hardcore sports fans that care about is my left guard blowing open the proper lanes for my running back on pulling plays because, ah, yes, I'm a football nerd and I look for that stuff. And that's an end zone angle with the high angle. It's very good. I can uh, I can check all those gap responsibilities. The vast majority of football fan is more casual than you and I. The meat of the middle of those millions and millions of people that watch football are not in a fantasy league. They don't watch game film. They don't listen to baldy breakdowns on Twitter. They watch game, they go, okay, and then they get ready to go to work the next day. And they might talk about the game a little bit, but no, the most people, they just watch it like, oh, this is a football game, I see it. It's a side view angle, about 15 feet off the ground, maybe a little bit more if it's a stadium camera that's zoomed in from the belt line of the stands, and away we go. 
You get pretty tight, a pretty tight medium shot or medium close shot of the two lines of scrimmage. You can kind of see the players. You can kind of see the numbers. Uh, That's the way it's always been. You show an angle like NBC did on Sunday night in which you're like, whoa, I can't see nothing. They're like little tiny people running around. I would venture to say the majority of average sports fans, not fanatic sports fans, would say, hate it. And then while we're talking about things that we hated over the weekend, and then I'll make a wrap of this, spy versus spy weekend in Major League Baseball. I don't know who told me that this is what they thought it was. (laughs) It's a great description, though. Players uniform weekend. All white and all black. This is this all white, all black is new. In the past, they had players weekend uniforms that had sort of little league-ish looking schemes to them with colors. And you got to choose your own nickname on the back. Now they're letting players not just choose a nickname for the back, but also an emoji. Great. Somebody for the Dodgers wore jerk store 26. <laughs> And Larry David being a very famous and prominent Dodger fan. Classic. I personally liked the Washington Nationals black uniforms they wore for Spy versus Spy weekend in baseball. As a fashion statement, as something that I could wear as a piece of sports gear. The all black with the Washington and script lettering with the little light gray outlines that made it impossible, by the way, to see the numbers of the names. That's another knock on the uniforms themselves. But as a fashion statement, as a alternate thing to wear, if you're a fan of the team and you like gear, I thought it was pretty clean. I really did. The blacks. The whites, not so much. The whites, you look like, well, a milkman. Or in the case of Milwaukee, the Milwaukee milkman. Actual independent minor league team. (laughs) With a cool logo, oh, by the way. The thing that bothered a lot of people was that you had the Yankees and you had the Dodgers. Iconic, titanic franchises. Two great teams, possibly headed for a World Series clash. Great, glorious uniforms that have stood the test of time. The Yankees in their road grays with New York in thin block lettering across the front. And the Dodgers with their classic, gorgeous home whites with the interlocked blue LA and the stark beacon red number that shines on that gorgeous. You going to fuck with that? When we don't get that very often, interleague play, really? Spy versus spy, you you did that. You you just did that, didn't you, base man? Well, we did it. Couldn't have picked any other weekend, huh? Of all the weekends, you could have picked. That's the one you picked. A lot of people said, boo. And don't look now, but Jesus, the Nationals are playing incredible baseball. The Nationals went through the Dodgers like shit through a tin horn. As good old uh, good old uh, Nick Saban once said. We're talking about, and let me get the stats here from Mark Zuckerman. Covers the Nats for Masson. Uh, The Nats are now on their best 80-game run in franchise history. They are 54-26, and I believe. Wow. 
And the only time they're losing games pretty much is when the bullpen completely shits the bed. That's it. Otherwise, I mean, they're in every game. They have a chance to win every game. They are pounding pitchers. They are scoring runs. It will be a damn shame if they, A, can't catch the Braves, and B, end up playing in the wild card and getting bounced in just one game. Happy anniversary, Pete Rose. Your 30th anniversary of being banned for life for gambling on baseball. And am I going to opine about whether or not he should still be? No, I'm not. I have no Steve, I have no Pete Rose takes at this point in my life. Miami now has hurricane or touchdown rings. They've got the turnover chain and they've got touchdown rings made of jewelry that players can put on their fists and show to the cameras on the sidelines. This is something I predicted exactly that this would not just end with a simple chain that is being copied around college football, but no, it's got to go to something else. A touchdown this, a field goal that, a good tackle tchotchke or something else. We'll end on this. The only other thing I thought of, the two things, the only other two things I thought about after Andrew Luck's sudden retirement was, oh my God, I cannot wait for Solly to do his dead on Andrew Luck impression. The deep guttural throat thing where I wait oh. Uh, I can't wait for that 401 on Monday on the Team 980 tune in. Solly's going to be given a roll of quarters and we're just going to put him in the slot machine. Do this, do that, do this. Andrew, what do you think about this? The second thing I thought of was, oh my God, what about the great Twitter feed, Captain Andrew Luck, at Captain Andrew Luck, created by a guy who early on figured out, hey, um, this guy with his neck beard and his weird haircut looks like some, you know, Confederate soldier, some Civil War general, Captain Andrew Luck. I can't believe this Twitter feed now has 534,000 followers. Is he going to still keep tweeting? I don't know. I thought, wow, how long will he wait to get out that tweet? Because this is the biggest tweet of this account's life. It's got to be just right. He can't just rush it out. He's got to think, okay, what's the perfect tweet? How do I couch this? How do I phrase this? There had to be a lot of pressure on the guy that runs Captain Andrew Luck. Well, here is the tweet, and I think you nailed it. Dearest mother, the quill has never felt more heavy. I have made the decision to holster my sidearm permanently. I shall battle no more. The decision is difficult, but as the hogs taught me, I guess that's his thing that keeps referring to the hogs he has. Actual hogs, not people called hogs, but I think, you know, the hogs. As the hogs taught me, I must be true to myself. I am coming home to care for you and the farm, Andrew. I guess that would be reference to him as a hog farmer before uh, heading out to battle. Rest in peace. and re- Well, not rest in peace, but enjoy your retirement. Andrew Luck, the real Andrew Luck. And for the Twitter feed, Captain Andrew Luck, man. Don't know what you're going to do with those 500 and some odd thousand followers. Guy's retired. And I don't think he's going to be in the news much, so not sure what you're going to tweet about then. All right, that'll do it for me today. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks to everybody who came to my house today uh, from the Africa trip and had a wonderful afternoon and brought a lot of food and 
shared a lot of good memories. I appreciate that, including Ronnie Mervis. Sign up for Ronnie's trip to Africa this coming February. I will not be on it myself, but it doesn't matter. You're still going to have the time of your life and meet people you're going to be friends with for years and years to come. It's an incredible deal at a price only Ronnie can deliver. Go to Mervis Diamonds or Mervis Diamond Singular.com, Mervis Diamond.com, or go to the Team980.com website and find out more information and sign up before uh, the trip is all filled up. In the meantime, have a great Monday, people. Football is coming at us full steam, and we are ready for it here on the Zabecast. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next time.